This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with the head of hoops, the man himself, Aaron Beach. What up? It's Friday afternoon, and uh, we've just had a nice feast of a couple Red Mill burgers, and uh, so we're ready to talk some hoops, as we like to do, as I like to corner you every once in a while and get your take on all things Utah basketball, and I think right now is probably as good a time as any to uh, find out just what the heck's going on. So, Beach, what the heck's going on? <laughs> They suck. <laughs> How's that for an analysis? Well, I mean, okay. So yeah, so they're 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 struggling. They're they're on the struggle bus right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, you know, just to give people an overview, they're twelve and eleven. They're nine and five at home, one and four and away. But the worst thing is they're two and eight in conference. They lost their last two home games to Arizona State and Arizona by seven points combined. They've been right on the cusp. It's all of a sudden become this massive problem that they can't close games. And it's just it just seems to be a persistent thing. And I, I think everyone understood that dealing with youth, you were going to have some ups and downs and things like that. But these guys were going to evolve, mature, figure it out, and then go from there. But yet there still seems to be this thing where they cannot figure out how to close things down the stretch and kind of curious what your take is well i mean first of all i i think the youth thing's a total excuse because their problems you know outside of um mcdaniel's immaturity their their youth hasn't been the problem i mean the whole thing changed i mean really just flipped upside down when quad a was ineligible right the guy's been around four years um not at washington but that's definitely not youth. He's Washington's most experienced player. So um, they don't have a leader. They're plagued by immaturity from one of their most talented players. Um, you know, so which, it, I mean, let's, let's face it, that technical costs them the Arizona game. Your momentum's such a, such a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he's done that on multiple occasions now. And, um, you know, so five technicals. Five technicals poorly timed and and they're losing by such a slim margin they're not getting blown out they never get blown out i don't remember the exact stat i looked it up last year just to see because five technicals obviously is the most of any player probably quite a while yep but i, I think i looked last year and i want to say i think the team as a whole in the 2018-19 season only had like seven as a team the entire season yeah that sounds about right. I, I can't remember the last time anyone's had. I think four, five no, I think Noah Dickerson had like maybe two or three last year. Okay. And I don't really remember. I remember seeing them. I don't remember if it was just you know because we know Noah sometimes would get a little heated. Yep. Sometimes banging down low. We've seen it with Isaiah Stewart get frustrated. Yep. But we haven't seen Isaiah get teed up. Right. So, or we if we have, it's it's been something else either hanging out on the rim or so. I can't remember. I think he did get teed up once this year. But regardless, it's not a persistent issue. Right. With 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 Jaden, it's a persistent issue. Yep. And, and the thing is, and I, I guess we're going down this route and talking about it now, but I hate bagging on a local kid. You know, we want the best. It's all Seattle fans want local kids to shine, right? I mean, we. So we're going to give him every benefit of the, the the doubt, but he's not the most talented player that's come through Washington. He's not the youngest. Um, you know, we've had. You know, guys like Markel, number one picks, um, who are immature, you know, they Markel played two years on varsity basketball, but didn't come in with these maturity issues 
that uh, that Jaden's having. So it's really frustrating. I think all fans are like, well, why isn't he benched? But you can't bench a guy like that, right? The you perception. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, but what's the cost? The next time you're trying to recruit a five-star guy, you know, there's a there's a consequence. So Hopkins is kind of stuck at this point. He's got to play him. Um, and... I mean, he's really frustrating to watch. The talent's clearly there. He's going to be a top five, top ten pick. Um, you know, the NBA doesn't really care so much about his his you know mental warts at this point. They're willing to give roll the dice with a guy that's a, that's got that much talent. But man, it's frustrating. I I think all of us are you know kind of sick to our stomach watching how this whole thing's unfolded and realizing we're just we're seeing Washington waste an amazing season by Stewart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love watching that guy play. And here we go. We're going to, this is going to end up being a very forgettable season. You know, same, similar to Spencer when he was here, right? We just kind of, it was one season that, you know, they did very little and was ultimately forgotten. And I, I fear that the same thing's going to happen with Stewart. This is just kind of a one-time moment and, you know, and then we're going to move on next season and, and um, this amazing year is going to be forgotten. It does beg the question because you did bring up the year with Spencer Hawes and and Brockman was part of that team as well and and they had some they had some pieces for sure. I mean, I think Quincy was Quincy did just graduated or No, he was a, or he was there. He, he was a freshman. So they, I mean, they had Justin pieces. Dittman's sophomore yeah, season. They had they had pieces on that team. Yep. And very disappointing. And 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 yet, you know, you you even mentioned Markel. Um what is it about Washington basketball that can't maximize the one and done guys. I think Isaiah Stewart's going to end up being the the exception that proves the rule, and 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 he's done like you said, he's done everything you'd want that guy to do. He's been an absolute joy to watch. Yep, and I don't even know if he's a lottery pick. You know, I've seen him up in the twenties. Yeah, um, and uh, I don't know what the answer to that. Well, he's is. a lot more of a dime a dozen guy, but yep. he's not a dime a dozen when it comes to character, when it comes to off the field, no problems. Yep. Everything else that you want a kid to be in your program, yep. he is a he is a shining example. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the NBA, 6'9", 240, 250-pound power forwards who are good around the rim, who have a nice touch, I hate to say it, but there are a lot of guys that can fit that mold. There are, and that's not even really a thing anymore in the NBA. The NBA has gone a totally different direction. They've gone to the Jaden McDaniels model. Right. Right? There's, I mean, you could... You could potentially see Jaden playing the five spot in the NBA just because of the way things have gone. Yeah. Right? That's really how, how dramatically it's moved against big guys like Isaiah. And I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't have the same draft value that maybe he would have five years ago. Yeah. Well, what I, before we completely leave the Jaden uh, thing, <laughs> well, and I think it is an important thing because people obviously are very curious. And, and there's a lot more questions than we have answers to. Right. But I would say the one thing is that it feels like if you're in Mike Hopkins' situation, what would you do? Because you mentioned it. How many technicals do you have before you just bench the kid? And, you know, we saw him get benched mm-hmm. and after chucking up a three. And, um, you know, it just – I feel like it's one of those things where people need to understand that Hopkins isn't just his coach now. Yeah, He's a teacher. Yep. And he's got to be teaching him some lessons. And they've got to be going through this thing. And, and they've got to be showing him the film of this is – these are like you mentioned the technical that completely changed the game against Arizona was the game changer. Yep. And you know, do you, do you think these lessons are eventually going to sink through, or do you think he's literally just playing his way and kind of treading water until the NBA comes? Well, so and I don't know the kid, um, but 
you look at his body language, his facial expressions, it looks to me like the ship sailed, he's moved on. But truthfully, he's kind of had that demeanor the whole time he's been here. So I'm going to say, and there's a lot of, I think there's, I, I sense consternation amongst the, fan, amongst the fan base that Nate Roberts isn't playing more. And he could definitely play in Jaden's spot. Um, and so the question is, why don't we see more of Roberts? Because he has some similar athletic gifts and is a physical mismatch. And um, I, I think that Hopkins still has to play him. I, I suspect that he will play less and less throughout the, the rest of the season if he doesn't make a big mental shift. Um, uh, but uh, even though maybe Jaden's mailed it in, because I kind of feel like he has, um, I, Hopkins can't mail it in on him. Right, he's got to keep supporting him and and doing his do doing his absolute best to get the most out of him because ultimately this he's going to be held to this season. He's gone from the hero of the conference to the goat, you know, almost overnight. Um, and Hopkins is going to be evaluated based on you know what he gets out of guys like Jaden and Stewart. I was going to say too that uh, one of the things that Mike Hopkins did talk about yesterday in his press conference before the Washington State game was that Jaden needs to understand that no matter what happens on the offensive end, no matter what happens, how frustrated he can get. You know, because it was it was simply a dunk followed by some trash talk yep. that got him in trouble. It, he needs to understand that no matter how things are going for him offensively, whether he's making shots, mission shots, doesn't matter. Fouls, no fouls. What he does on the on the defense is a difference maker. And you talked about Nate Roberts. I think the biggest thing about the differences between Jaden McDaniels and Nate Roberts is Nate Roberts can't go on the break. Yep. Jaden McDaniels can turn a steal or a block or a, or a deflection into instant offense. Right. Nate Roberts, as gifted as he is athletically, is going to need a little bit more help. He's going to need a guy that's going to need a feed so he can go down the middle. We've seen it. He can mm-hmm. go tomahawk a couple guys. Yep. Well, Jaden McDaniels can do that on his own. Right. And so that, I think that's the biggest difference. He can turn defense into offense within a matter of a couple seconds. Right. Um, and that's unique. And, and, again, these are some of the things that we're talking about that the NBA scouts are drooling over. Right. I was telling you about the meme of, of, of Santa Claus doing the naughty and nice, and this is a, a typical game watching Jaden McDaniels. You see something and go, wow, that's nice. Yep. And then you see him over here and he's like, oh, that's naughty. No, we can't we can't be having that. Yep. And it's literally just the, the two things juxtaposed, naughty, nice, naughty, nice. It's like all night long you see these ama- you know, four or five amazing moments, and then you see four or five head-shaking moments. Yep. And, it's, and hopefully you're right. Hopefully there's a point where it, it just clicks in. And he gets it, and he and he doesn't try to mail it in. I hope I hope he hasn't. Going back to Isaiah Stewart, and I asked you this question a little bit earlier before the broadcast. Do you think Mike Hopkins needs to kind of unleash him a little bit, take him off the leash, and maybe extend him a little bit? Because we've seen he can make the three. We know that's what he's going to have to do at the NBA level, because that can be a difference maker for him. We talk about how his body types and his kind of thing are a dime a dozen. His motor isn't necessarily a dime a dozen. His motor's pretty unique, I would say. But he is a guy that can extend and really go all the way out to the three. And maybe there are some not a lot of bigs that can necessarily do that with the kind of consistency he could do. Do you think that's something that he that Mike Hopkins maybe needs to open up a little bit and extend him a little bit more? I'd like to see what he can do. And as you know, there's no such thing as an NBA player that 
you know, sits down on the block and hangs out anymore. That doesn't happen. So for his own future, yeah, I think he, I would like to see it. I'm curious myself, because he sure seems to have enough savviness and wiggle to be effective out there, right? Cool. Um, he's got a nice uh, pull-up jumper, right? And from, he's been shooting, what, the 16, 17-foot range, and he seems to shoot it very comfortably. Um, he's almost near 60% from the field. Yeah. Uh, so that tells me, man, keep stretching his abilities. Expand what he can do, because at this point, is there any consequence? They've had a really hard time getting him the ball in the clutch. Find ways to get him the ball out on the perimeter and do something with it. That's the only thing I was wondering. Maybe the dribble drive, is that something that might be considered a weakness of his or something he needs to work on because he hasn't necessarily had to ever do that a lot um, because people could just feed him at the high school level and it was never a problem. Mm -hmm. The entry pass was never going to be yep. super contested. He, you know, Maybe teams would try to maybe double and triple him at the high school level, but you, they were doing it with really inferior athletes instead yep. of the college guys that yep. they're seeing. Uh, just kind of you know suck in on him. Yep. Um, and the other thing too is he's not, he's never, to me at least, never shown kind of that, uh, you know, I love Jamal Williams to death, but he was, when he got the ball, he was a black hole. Yep. He, it was not going back out. He right. was scorned or getting fouled or something. Yep. With, with Isaiah, he has definitely shown a willingness yeah. to pass in and out and to look at that thing and to find some teammates. I'm just wondering if you're right about that. Cause I think he could really be the catalyst and, um, you know, they have to find a different ways to get him the ball. Yep. I don't think there's any question. Yep. yep. So I agree. Um, you know, moving on to some of these other guys, we, we can talk about Quade Green a little bit, and, and obviously he's still around the program. Well, from he's, how about from a positive perspective? Sure. No, lay it, lay it on me. Hamir Wright has been kind of a revelation. Oh, so we're, we're, going, we're, not, we're not going to Quade then? We're going to Why? Hamir. He's okay. not even playing. No, I was going to be talking about him maybe in terms of helping out the younger guys. But yeah. let's, let's talk about Hamir for yeah, a second then. Yeah, because um, I think everybody, he came in the season, the GOAT, speaking of GOATs, right? Like, why is this guy even out there? We don't get it. You know, he likes well, to play defense. The, you mean but, GOAT, GOAT, not greatest yeah, of all time. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> the saying. The other GOAT. Yeah, and I kind of, I've had some conversation with him, and he's a wonderful kid. Yeah. So you can't help but pull for, for him. But at the same time, the uh, execution on the floor has been at least offensively, more or less non-existent. Up yeah. until Pac-12 play, and all of a sudden he's shooting 45% from three and doing all the things that, you know, you'd hoped he would do. And furthermore, now without Quad A, he's kind of become like a, he's not a point guard, but he's the guy on the other side of the court that the, you know, whoever the guard who gets the inbounds, that's the guy he passes to, and yeah. then he brings the ball up the floor. Well, we saw that definitely against Arizona State. Yeah. He was, he was bringing up the ball a ton yeah. as a four. Um, he's he's pulling a David Crisp without being David Crisp. <laughs> yeah, I mean and no, and I mean it's not yeah. a joking thing. Yep. I mean we all know what David Crisp did last year in league play compared to out of conference. Yep. Out of conference, everyone was done with him. Yep. And all of a sudden he starts stroking it in league play, and now all of a sudden everyone's like, "Whoa, where yep. did that come from?" Yep. Same thing with Hamir. Yep. So Stewart aside, um, Hamir's definitely to me the the team MVP. Um, his energy on defense is awesome. He's such a disruptive force and. Um, so that's been very positive, and they're going to need that next year, right? Because they don't. There's not really a guy coming in at all. They're going to need a rudder, and I feel like things are slowly coalescing around Hamir, um, as long as Hop can put him in the right places, right? So that's been a positive. So okay, and talking about another positive, obviously, I touched on Quade real quick, but his replacement, Marcus Sahonis. Yeah. Marcus is, is immediately showed up. Yeah. And whether you know. You, we can we can talk about his individual play in, in terms of specifics, but I would say overall, I've been very impressed with the way he yeah. came in and just played with no fear. 
Like yeah. he, he came in and acted like he was ready to go. Now he's clearly learning in every game, and he's trying to figure out how you know like as Isaiah Stewart talked yesterday about you know they're working on ways where they can get him the ball entry and he's figuring out his moves and they're trying to figure out how they can play together. But Marcus obviously played with Raekwon Battle, yeah, with Rotary played with Jaden McDaniel's with Rotary, so they they have that uh, that kind of combination too. But I, I've I've been very impressed with Marcus Owens because he. I kind of watching his tape early on. I kind of thought he had a little Nigel Williams goss in him, and and that to me has proven to be true. Yeah. So I, so my take is this: I love the Rotary guards. I love the Northwest guards because they, kind of as a group, as a unit, they they play with a chip on their shoulder. They're not in the spotlight, right? Yet they're out there on the Nike circuit competing against the best in the country. Yeah. And um, I love North. North, Northwest guards for that reason. I think that's really Washington's really got to focus and own in and make sure that they're securing the best Northwest guards every year because that's absolutely critical to the foundation. And you look at what their success last year. Why? Well, they had a bunch of really good rotary guards, and to me, that's key. Tahonis has been awesome. Um, I, it's a shame that he didn't, you know, play more earlier on this season because maybe with some more, um, you know, some more play under his belt, maybe Washington wins a few of these games that they're losing close. Yeah. Um, and same with Raekwon. Raekwon, they're both fearless, right? They just, they come down and knock, knock down shots. I mean, I haven't seen a, a guy like Raekwon battle in terms of not just the fact that he's their best shooter right now, but in, I mean, in terms of being the natural guy, mm-hmm. but I have not seen a guy that literally will just up and fire at any place at any time from anywhere. And that's like CJ Wilcox. So yeah, that's, I mean, he's I mean, an he obvious is, comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's an obvious comparison, but yeah. Obvious, not just because of their styles and everything else, but literally their mindset. Yep, are very, very similar. Yep. So, yep. I, I've really, really enjoyed watching that as well. I don't. Again, Hopkins was talking about shot selection. They got to figure mm-hmm. out time and time and situation and what what they're working towards and the and the and the inbounds and stuff. And and I think that's where pressure on the other teams has really uh, come to hurt Washington a little mm-hmm. bit because they don't have time to set up. They only have maybe 15, 18 seconds to run a play or try to find something in, in an ISO situation for a player. So I think that's been difficult. But the way those guys have come in, and whether whether it's Marcus Sohonis driving and dishing or getting to the foul line or even shooting some threes, I know his style's a little unorthodox. He kind of has that 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 mellow ball thing mm-hmm. going where he kind of shoots it almost from the hip. Uh-huh. And it's kind of an interesting deal. But um, between those guys and then obviously Raekwon with his potential – to get streaky hot, yep. Um, you know, we again. I think CJ's the the one touchstone. Sometimes even with 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 Dominic Green, I know Hop talked about how Dom could get on a roll, and that we didn't clearly see it as much as no. I think anyone would have wanted to. Right. But there were times where Dominic could get hot too. Yep. And I think that's uh, that's something that Washington fans can certainly look forward to down the road with Raekwon Battle. Um, but ultimately. I think we got to circle back around and find out where, how are they going to how are they going to kill this streak? Because because Washington under Mike Hopkins had only had a losing streak as big as three games. Yeah. They had never had a, a bigger, a longer losing streak than three games. Now they're at five and counting, and they're and they're losing in different ways, yep. and they're losing close most of the time. Yep. How are they going to figure out a way to get over the hump? <sighs> You know, the ball's got to bounce their way from time to time, and I don't think that's happened. They're not getting lucky this season, but you create your own luck. Um, I, I don't know that there's the guy on that roster that can change their fortunes. I was going to gonna say, do you, do you see a guy that has uh-huh. a killer instinct on there? Nope. Not not that 
is in a position to lead and to um, do it consistently for 35 minutes a game. No, I just don't see it. Quade was the only one I thought that had that kind of potential. Um, and maybe Jaden at the time at the, when the season started, he was going to have to be the guy. Well, he's not going to be the guy. There's, I don't think there's any way that happens. Maybe something happens and the lights come on for him, but we've seen nothing to show that. So no, I'm going to say they're going to have to get lucky to win a game. Um, yeah, I, I hate being that negative, but this this season was always going to be on the edge of a knife, right? There because they they just didn't have a leader, right? And we had to fabricate and think, hey, well, this guy's going to be the guy, you know. Okay. If this guy's the guy, then maybe Washington will be successful. But you know, well, when they went on that lo- that winning streak last year in Pac-12, when they for, won their first what 10, 11 games, I yeah. can't remember what it was. But they were winning in a lot of those same type fashions. I mean, it was literally, like you said, they were on, They just happened to be on the other edge of the knife. Yeah, but you had Jalen Noel that could... Correct. You just give Jalen the ball and he Correct. goes and wins. Correct. They don't have that. Right. There's no well, one there that can well, win. Well, and I, and I do feel like there is potential there with Jaden. I think he still could be a guy that could game win things for you. Um, but it's a lot more of a crapshoot than we would have thought. It's a lot more of a 50-50. Maybe. Like, but he's shooting less than 40% from the field, so he's right. not taking good shots. Right. Right? They're, no, that is a they're problem. athletic shots, but he's not executing offensively either. Yeah. So, I would say the shot selection with the freshman has been a, a, a big issue. Yeah. But it hasn't been nearly as big an issue in terms of rebounding. Right. In terms of, you know, foul shooting when they need. I mean, yep. they've gotten better. I mean, I would say the last couple of games, foul shooting has not been the problem. Yep. Um, but you know, rebounding for sure. And, and that's the thing. Defense has gone sideways. Yeah. I mean, they, they're scoring enough points to win these games for some reason there has been uh, a letdown defensively. And I, and I don't know where you pinpoint it. Um, obviously people look at the three point shots. They'll look at the shot made by like Peyton Pritchard and stuff like that when they, when he wins game. but I'm sorry, but though, I mean, those are games that you just, I'm sorry, you tip your hat to the guy. If he makes a 28-footer, he makes a 28-footer. Yep. If, if there's someone in your face and you and you stick one, yep. you know, that's I don't know what else you can do about that. Right. But there are other times where they have let open some guys that have made some, some real daggers that have been like, what were you yep. thinking? Why were you sagging? What, were, what, what, was, the, what was the situation there? Yep. So. yep. Well, yeah, and just that split second, you know, when you're closing out on a shooter, that split second where you don't react and you're like, meh. Well, that's game, you know, and I think that's the difference between this season and last season. Yeah, right? I would also say real quick, too, um, I want to touch on Nas Carter. Um, Nas has been a guy that's been a little more hot and cold than I would have expected mm-hmm. him to be in his third year. 100%. And it feels like he's deferring more than I would have expected or would I think Hop would have wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Does that feel yeah. Does that feel right? Because it, it feels like he's, he's letting Stewart and... Uh, McDaniel's and some of these other guys try to take the scoring load, and it feels like not so much that he's being a passenger, but he is he's letting kind of the game come to him yeah. in a way, but it's never quite getting there. I would like, agree with that completely, and I've looked at it all season. I saw actually his mom made a comment; she was responding to somebody on Twitter and talking about you know the challenges of balancing scoring consistently and having three five stars that you're having to share the ball with. Right. And, you know, where on the surface, we look at it and go, dude, just go score. You're one of the most electric scorers on the team. I don't care how many stars you have or who you think you should be passing to. Um, you're a guy. You are you have to be, in some cases, you should be the guy. 
um, just own it. Uh, and he hasn't. Uh, I think that's been a, he hasn't stepped up and filled a leadership void at all. It feels uh, like the energy part of it is, is unless he's like, unless he has like a sports center type dunk early or something, yeah. it, it just never quite gets it going for him. quite a bit. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, I'm at a loss to explain it myself. Well, you, you did. I mean, the, the three five star guys, I think that makes a little bit of sense, but, but what I find interesting, the whole thing about Nas is that when you talk to Mike Hopkins about Nas, he will tell you that Nas thinks he's the, always the best player on the court, mm. no matter who else is in the game. And you would have thought, okay, well, that tells me that he's got a strong ego, not not and, and not in a bad sense, in a yeah, good sense. Belief in his abilities. Like he's got a total belief in his abilities. Yeah. He's going to go out and he's going to try to get his job done and get you know and and help the team no matter what. Yep. And I and I'm wondering how much of it is is he exhausting himself on defense, trying to kill himself on defense, and he he's doesn't in a, have he's playing in his own exactly. No. Well, but here's the thing: but I, you just don't. We're trying to find answers right. to something that doesn't right. doesn't feel like it has a ready made answer right. there. But I think it does start a little bit with the energy. Yeah. Well, so uh, you know, give Hop credit. This whole season has been about experimenting, right? He has experimented all season. He's gone through so many different and iterations of that to. lineup. He's had right? to. He has changed up defense. He experimented with man, right? He tried. Yeah. He tried. And I give him credit for that. But I, I don't know what you saw, but I saw just an ineffective man-to-man defense. And that's got to be a personnel thing because you've got two of the best man-to-man defensive coaches in the game. And, and um, you know, so I, I give him a ton of credit for experimenting and trying all kinds of different things. But at the same time, uh, he never, he, he hasn't been able to come up with an answer. Well, it's interesting because I, it's this this latest five, six game slide defensively where it's really kind of gone south and it's hard to really pinpoint it. Obviously, people are going to go, well, why didn't he go, man, when the zone wasn't working, whatever. Well, the zone has always worked. Yeah. Under Hopkins at Washington. Yeah. So there's something more fundamental going yeah. on at play here. It's not that, it's not. The scheme. It's not the yeah. X's and O's that are failing here. But their There's... deficiencies in man tell me maybe that explains why they're not quite as effective in the zone. Maybe defensively they, these guys just don't have it. Maybe, well, you know what I mean? Well, and it's interesting too because if you look at, you know, McDaniels again, he's got the one half where he has six blocks. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you bring that kind of energy to the defensive side of the table – you're never going to be out of a game, yeah. no matter what happens. And that's why I think, again, we, we kind of circle back to the whole idea with youth and the inconsistencies. It, 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 it's not just about scoring your defense, too. It's about bringing energy. Yep. And it's about having your head in the game all 40 minutes. Yep. And I'm not sure they've had a game maybe outside of USC, maybe, yeah. where they had a full 40-minute game this year. Yep. Baylor? Baylor was the closest, but no, yeah. USC games kind of their – marquee game yeah. I think this season so then what tell me what you're looking for on Sunday when they go to Washington State because Washington State's a real unique situation first year coach with coach Smith over there and and he's doing a lot of good things we obviously know about some of the players like Ellaby and those guys mm-hmm. um, they've pulled out some great wins yep. and they're obviously they're going to be really competitive yep and uh, we always know the in-state games are going to be important yet Oh, God, you just, they're chomping at the bit. You this don't is get, their opportunity. Yeah, and you don't get the sense from Washington that they have the same type of feel because all the impact guys are yep. out of state. And Jaden, yep. if you're right, if he has checked out, he's not going to be a factor. Yep. So what do you think is going to happen? What do they need to do? I think LB is going to score 30-some-odd points because they have that guy. That's the guy that Washington's missing, right? 
And truthfully, they could have had Ellaby, if we're being honest. He was a guy that was going to come to Washington and then just, you know, things softened. And Right? Um, I think Battle's going to have to go 5 of 10 from 3. Um, I think we're going to have to con- see continued growth from Marcus. Um, you know, and you got to get Isaiah the ball. Those are like kind of the three areas, you know, uh, where I think Washington can uh, overachieve where they haven't right now. Other than that, I don't know what you're going to get from Jaden. You know, maybe he's another – maybe he goes off finally. Yeah, Hopkins said that the last two practices for the team, this was prior to yesterday, that the last two practices have been their best practices, and they've obviously had a little bit of a break mm-hmm. because they only played the one game this week, and it's not until Sunday. So they have almost a whole week yep. to just kind of reflect on what's going south and, and how to fix it. Do you think they have what it takes to be able to turn this thing around? To turn it around, no. But I think they can beat Wazoo, right? Two different things. Um, so maybe let's extrapolate towards the tournament. So early on, before Quad A, I felt like Washington, regardless of what happened in the Pac-12 regular season, that Washington still had a great shot at the tournament because they were a team that could win the conference tournament and get the auto bid. Right. right? I, I always felt very good about like that. Like, regardless of what happens, Washington's still the most dangerous team in the Pac-12 tournament, just period, because nobody else has the personnel that they do. But you don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't think that there's a guy to direct the offense now, unless Samir Wright's the guy, right? I just don't think there's enough time for, um, you know, the freshman guards to really kind of lock this thing in. Maybe if they'd been playing all season. But um, I don't I don't feel like they're the difference makers to be able to make that happen. So, no, I think their their path to the tournament is extraordinarily narrow. I just I, I could see them, you know, losing their first game in the conference tournament, to be honest with you. Okay. The way things have gone. It's just I, I hate to be that negative, but I've seen nothing out of these guys um, outside of what we see from Stewart to show me that they have the mental toughness and fortitude to to get a win when it matters. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm saying, I'm going Aaron, you're such a jerk right now. <laughs> well, but I, mean, it, it, but I mean, it, but the thing is, it's, it's 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 tough to find the silver linings when you're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. Yeah. And on top of it, we're in uncharted territory mm-hmm. in terms of Mike Hopkins and in terms of this program. Yep. And in terms of, I mean, because we were talking about it. I mean, you know, being in 12th, you know, being last in the conference right yeah. now in the cellar. You know, these are, these are even when things were going wrong with Coach Romar's program, you didn't see Washington at the they bottom of the. Last. You don't. You didn't see him at the foot of the yep. of the standings. Yep. And so that that's the tough thing to swallow at right. this point. And I think the tougher thing to swallow about it too is is that it's not because they've been losing game by double digits. Yeah. They have literally been in every single game in the Pac-12 this year, minus the game of Colorado. Right. And even then, they had it to like you know six eight points, and they were right there, and then they just couldn't. Again, for whatever reason, couldn't get over the hump. Yep. Couldn't figure out a way to shorten the lead or or, 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 or get to the point where they could take over yep. and have a run. So at this point, it's just it's going to take something pretty unique, I suppose, to be able to do this thing. But you got to hope that these that these freshmen are, are experienced now. I mean, they yep. they've got to be considered veterans, yep. and um, and that they can somehow gel this thing and and make it work like they know they can because. They do have, there's no question they have the pieces. Yep. So I think we'll close it up there. I think we've talked about all we need to talk about, at least for this particular episode. But uh, it'll be interesting, and uh, we will 
be contacting you again shortly, <laughs> Mr. Beach. Okay. To get your opinion on all things basketball. I would think maybe around Pac-12 play, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if anything's changed then, and we can compare notes, and we can find out maybe if you're back on the horse to see if if Washington can maybe do a spectacular run through the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm down, Chris. I uh, I feel bad because I'm you know coming off like a you know like I I've lost my belief and my hope and. That's not true. I, I, Hop, I think, is wonderful. I still think he's the right guy for the job. But with this roster, with this team, wow, we got we <laughs> we got sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on that sound effects note, we will close it out here. So for the head of hoops, Aaron Beach, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>